0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour two. Greetings, welcome across the nation. It is Eric Erickson here. You, you struggle to come up with adjectives or, or to sound, or not sound too pompous, but it actually is kind of a big deal today. Donald Trump going to be arraigned, arrested, arraigned, released into his own custody and fly back to Mar-a-Lago. Alvin Bragg gets his pound of flesh against Donald Trump. Uh, And even on CNN, I'm watching CNN in particular because Fox is definitely of the right, MSNBC absolutely of the left, CNN has a a somewhat balanced panel of Trump haters. (laughs) They're trying to be more reasonable. I do have some friends involved and and even at CNN, I find it notable. They're a little bit incredulous about Alvin Bragg trying to string all this stuff together. I want to move on to other stuff this hour, but before I do, I want to take Bill's phone call. A uh, relevant question here I'm getting from a lot of people on email. Bill, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Eric, I appreciate you taking my call. So sure. I guess my question is
2: is about the constitutionality of a gag order um, just uh, versus the First Amendment. I mean, how do you tell somebody you're not allowed to speak about something when clearly the First Amendment says we can talk about anything?
0: Yeah. Okay. That's a great question. Uh, So courts have upheld gag orders uh, of people involved in litigation uh, in large part because you want to make sure a jury is uh, not persuaded. You you don't want to influence a jury uh, by talking outside the courtroom, shaping media coverage. The the, The jury's not supposed to look at it anyway. Sometimes accidents happen. Uh, And so you're you are prohibited about speaking to to an issue for a limited amount of time. That is the duration of the trial while the trial is ongoing. And courts have said that's a reasonable accommodation to allow for justice to be served without contaminating the the jury pool and the like. Um, But however that is, it is a very, very, very high bar for judges to issue a gag order. Uh, It is not the norm for judges to issue the gag order. Now, the Daily Mail uh, reported exclusively the judge was going to issue a gag order. I said yesterday, my theory was that the Daily Mail did not have sources. The reason they don't have sources is because it's really hard to have a source to tell you what a judge is going to do when there hasn't been a motion filed for a gag order. How can you say the judge is going to issue a gag order when no motion's even been filed asking for a gag order? But I think they thought they would play the odds on this and claim it was going to happen because they presumed the judge would. I don't think that's actually the case. Maybe he will. There had been no motion filed when they uh, brought this up. But I I um, I um don't think that's actually the case. Um, we'll see if they do. But again... Courts allow gag orders in really limited circumstances for a limited duration of time involving ongoing litigation. It doesn't mean you can't talk at all, just not about that issue. Uh, And they really, really are hard-pressed to apply it to defendants in cases. Um, Now, let's see. Donald Trump is getting into his car right now. He is leaving. I'm watching... Aerial footage, every helicopter in New York available for rent has been rented by the media. They're circling Trump Tower, kind of hovering. They're in a back parking lot behind Trump Tower where the SUV motorcade is being assembled to take him downtown from Trump Tower. The police in New York have blocked off streets to allow for easy passage at the request of the Secret Service. Massive security profile in New York City. Fun day. 877-973-7425. Eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. Let's go to Ariel. Welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. How are you today? Good. What's going on? Just a question.
1: Um, last week, I guess, after they, you know, announced that he was going to be indicted, um, I had turned over just to CNN just to see what their reaction was because it's just always kind of, you know, comedic, and um, they were talking about. Whenever the pandemic happened, and like, I guess, Governor Cuomo and then Google put like a pause on sentencings and convictions and, you know, kind of the whole justice system came to a halt. They were also saying that that also put a halt on the years counted for like statutes and that technically for like two years, the statute's limitations weren't counted. So then they would start back up and that technically he was still in the time of the statute of limitations. And I'm like, I don't even know if that sounds accurate, but I just no, wanted that, to ask the, you about
0: no, it because it just sounds that weird. Does, <laughs> it does not work that way. Uh, does not work that way at all. Uh, you've got to be charged. You, you can't just say, well, given the pandemic, we're pausing uh, statute of limitations. It, that doesn't work. The statute of limitations, it can't be paused due to the pandemic. Uh, what you do is you you go file the charge against the person. You just pause the arraignment and everything else. Uh, so you have a charge pended under seal and indictment, but you don't actually, uh, the statute of limitations can't be paused, uh, to extend bringing someone to trial. That would be a, one, a terrible idea. And two, uh, it, it just didn't happen that way. Um, somebody may say that on TV, but yeah, that's d- definitely not the case. Michael, you're going to be next on the Eric Erickson show. Welcome.
2: Morning. How you doing? Good. How are you? Um, uh- <laughs> um, well, I have two questions. First would be, uh, if this does go to a jury, how in the world could you impanel an impartial jury? I don't think there would be anybody in the world probably that hasn't heard about this. Um, but my second question is, if the statute of limitations has run out on this uh, supposed hush money payment, can you still charge somebody with anything at- attached to that? I mean, if the statute of limitations is what he's basing this on, or the hush money payment is what he's basing this on, and that's already – Past being able to be charged with, how can you attach something else to that?
0: Oh, okay. Okay. The, great question. Um, So, under Thank New you. York <laughs> law, um, it is a misdemeanor. The, these corporate transactions, there are 33 uh, counts of essentially corporate paperwork fraud. They're misdemeanors unless they're involved in covering up a separate crime. If they're involved in covering up a separate crime, then they become felonies and they go from a right. i think a, a 2 year statute of limitations to i think a uh, i forget exactly like a 10 year or something like that statute of limitations so if they're tied to a another crime that is a, itself a felony which this campaign finance violation technically is then suddenly those misdemeanors become felonies and get an extended statute of limitations
2: so if if he doesn't prove the felony part then all this goes away am i Correct. hearing you correctly on that yes so and so what that's, is the basis for the for the felony part, even though he's covering up a crime that the statute of limitations is run out? it's very getting very confusing. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs>
0: so what what they're gonna try to do, what Alvin Bragg based on what now this could change, keep in mind. The arraignment happens around right. two. Uh he's on right. his way there now. I'm watching the aerial motorcade coverage. Um based on what we know, Alvin Bragg is going to allege. That Donald Trump paid Stormy Daniels through Michael Cohen with corporate money. Corporate money cannot be used to benefit a political campaign. And he paid her that corporate money to avoid negative implications to voters in the run-up to the election. Therefore, the corporate transaction was an in-kind donation to the Trump campaign. Therefore, it violated campaign finance law. Therefore, it's a felony. Therefore, these misdemeanors become felonies.
2: So I, I know you've, you've done a lot of legal things. In your estimation, that sounds like a huge legal jump to be
0: able to make. Yeah, not only is it a huge legal jump, it literally has never been successfully prosecuted in the history of the republic. No one's ever been able to make this case before. Wow. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, just, and again, um, let me just, for, for anybody who's got confusion here, Alvin Bragg wants to prove that the Trump Organization paid money to Michael Cohen so that he would pay money to Stormy Daniels to cover up or to stop her from talking about an affair. So Cohen paid Stormy Daniels and the Trump Organization paid him back. What Alvin Bragg wants to show is that the payment from the Trump Organization was actually done to benefit Donald Trump's political campaign. Under federal law, corporations are not allowed to make campaign contributions to candidates. And what Alvin Bragg wants to do is say, essentially, the Trump Organization money was paid to Stormy Daniels as a campaign payment to shut her up so her allegations wouldn't affect the campaign. And therefore, that's a felony. And since that is a felony, these other 33 charges related to how the corporation accounted for the payment or didn't, which are misdemeanors, they now become felonies under New York law. And because they become felonies under New York law, uh, the statute of limitations extends to 10 years, not two or four years, rather, Uh, since the 10 years. Therefore, they can continue the prosecution of Donald Trump for the underlying felony. And it's important for you to understand that the federal government campaign finance law says only the federal government can prosecute a campaign finance violation. So what Alvin Bragg has to do is say, I'm not prosecuting the campaign finance violation. I'm just saying he committed the campaign finance violation. And the jury needs to find sufficient evidence that he committed the campaign finance violation. That's all that has to happen here for Alvin Bragg. But it's an incredibly high burden for the prosecutor. He's not trying to prove a federal crime. He's just trying to allow the jury enough information to show a federal crime happened, even though he's not going to charge Donald Trump with it, in order to extend the misdemeanors of all these things. It it, it almost seems like the judge himself should throw this out today, saying this is ridiculous, you can't do that, but that's not going to happen today. This is going to be a long, drawn-out process. There will be lots of motions along the way, lots of effort by the Trump campaign to throw this out, by Trump to throw this out, uh, lots of efforts by the DA to further build his case. There will be a discovery process where everything has to be handed over, and in full disclosure, in exactly one hour, we could get new information about the arraignment that completely changes the state of play. Maybe they are going to claim some other felony other than the campaign finance violation. What we know is that people within the DA's office have been talking about this for a year now, and they've all said it's about this campaign finance violation allegation. Uh, maybe they don't actually know what they're they're talking about. Maybe there's other evidence. But the information did leak to CNN yesterday, allegedly. And in so leaking, uh, it confirmed what we thought all along. It's about the story Daniels Payment treating it as a campaign finance violation, Uh, But again, Donald Trump's never been charged with violating the campaign finance laws by the federal government. And only the federal government can charge you with a federal campaign finance violation. He hasn't done this. This hasn't happened to him. So really good luck to the DA uh, trying to do this. It's just a very, very high bar for a prosecutor to be able to do. And No prosecutor has ever done it successfully, and it's only been tried once by the federal government against John Edwards in North Carolina, and the jury threw it out. The federal government argued that John Edwards had a third-party pay off his mistress so it wouldn't impact the campaign. John Edwards' argument was, no, he had the third-party pay off the mistress because he didn't want his wife to find out about it. And the jury believed him and threw out the charges. That's probably what will happen here if Donald Trump can get a fair trial. Now, the question is, can he get a fair trial in New York City that voted for Joe Biden, 85 percent? He's got a really good argument. He's They're going to need to change a venue. Happening right now, former President Donald Trump has exited his SUV and entered the courthouse in lower Manhattan, the Manhattan Criminal Court. It is 24 after the hour. Donald Trump there. Uh, entering the courthouse. Former President of the United States will be formally arrested. He will be fingerprinted. He will be placed in a conference room to wait for his arraignment time with the judge in New York City. Uh, Every news outlet in America and many around the world are covering this moment right now. There really will not be a lot of news to happen here uh, in the next little while. Uh, There will be a uh, detective in the room. There will be an electronic machine to capture his fingerprints. He'll enter an elevator, go up seven floors there to the DA's office for all of this to happen. Uh, And then he will be uh, held and and wait with his legal team to go upstairs. Uh, The Secret Service, of course, uh, is being accommodated with certain requests that will benefit Donald Trump. They say he won't be put in a cell, for example, Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what he does after that. After the arraignment, he is expected to leave, go to the airport, uh, get on board his plane, fly back to Mar-a-Lago and have a political rally tonight. There is an outstanding question of any sort of gag order or anything like that. Um, we'll find out now, uh, to the phone, Susan, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson show. Welcome.
1: Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm just wondering what you think about, um, you know, supposedly Trump had a prenup with Melania and that basically the only thing she could um, enforce the prenup on would be for adultery. And so wouldn't that be a reasonable alibi for Trump to say, look, you know, I commend adultery. That's what I've been saying,
0: Susan, the the whole time is that, I mean, this is the perfect argument. Uh, Based on what we know from Trump's team itself— not from Michael Cohen, not from Stormy Daniels, from Trump's own lawyers. He has a prenuptial agreement with Melania Trump. She would be entitled to millions of dollars if he committed adultery. So paying Stormy Daniels what he paid her is a huge discount to what he would have to pay Melania Trump. That provides him uh, a very plausible out here. Now, does Melania Trump now... Uh, if he admits he had a fling with um, with Stormy Daniels, does Melania Trump really want to leave now in the security bubble that she has at Mar-a-Lago? Does she want to leave being the former first lady of the United States with the former president of the United States and all the trappings? M- maybe not. She's got her son there and everything. Uh, what would she want to do? So uh, maybe that situation now changes if she stands by her man. We will see. As the days go forward, what the Trump legal strategy is. But I got to tell you, as a former lawyer, someone who did criminal law, albeit not well, it is a, a an arguable defense and a very credible one. It's the one John Edwards used and got off. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Well, you know, forget the other news. <laughs> uh, we'll, maybe we'll get to it. I'm happy to take your questions. We might as well do this as kind of a, a free-for-all right now because... The uh, everybody in America's wedding. I've got all the news networks pulled up. Uh, it doesn't matter which one you look at right now. Uh, they are all with cameras outside the courthouse in lower Manhattan, the Manhattan criminal court. And they are all just kind of winging it, waiting for some sort of news to break. It doesn't matter. Uh, the outlets uh, around the country, everybody is focused on this. It is obviously a big deal that Donald Trump is being indicted, even if it's kind of a a crap case from the DA. That's a technical term we use in law school. But nonetheless, 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. Phil, welcome to The Eric Erickson Show.
1: Hey, Eric. Uh, Just wanted to talk to you about uh, the quote-unquote underlying crime. Um, You seem pretty sure about... uh, Trump actually having the affair with Stormy Daniels, and I'm, I'm not saying that, she, that he did or he didn't. Uh, and I and you seem to be pretty sure about it based upon the testimony under oath by Stormy Daniels and Michael Cohen. Um, people lie under oath all the time, and in a blue state, lying under oath in a blue state to benefit the Democrats, you're probably count on not being prosecuted if you tell them what they want to hear, which is you know where we are here in this particular case. So. I, there are all kinds of possibilities here. I think it, it's very possible that Trump could have had the affair and and Michael Cohen could have had the affair both. And I think it's also possible. <laughs> well, I mean, I she was a porn star. This, and I, I, haven't, I haven't heard this, Eric, about Michael Cohen having the affair. But when you look at what he did, the financial gymnastics to move that money around and hide it and – it was looking like he might have been trying to protect his wife
0: too. well let, let's, so let's 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 do has this the though affair. phil Trump. if we're gonna dive trump. down in here right. on the michael cohen situation let let let's follow along the paper trail here now why would i believe stormy daniels and michael cohen over donald trump on something like this it has nothing to do with who i like or don't although obviously the trump is like well you 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 hate the guy so of course you believe them no actually Uh, In my professional experience as a lawyer, when people put something in writing that they do not make under oath and it contradicts their statements under oath, you tend to believe the thing they said under oath, not the thing they said not under oath when they conflict. Because the thing they said when they're not under oath is not something that could put them in prison. The thing they said under oath, if they lied, would put them in prison. We don't just have, however, uh, Stormy Daniels and uh, Michael Cohen. You forget about Alan Weisberg, who structured the payment to Michael Cohen, who himself has gone to jail, and there's also the publisher of the National Enquirer, who was willing to get Stormy Daniels' story and then refused to tell it, who was the final witness before the indictment. So you got more people than just Stormy Daniels and Michael Cohen. The publisher of the National Enquirer himself has come out in the past and openly acknowledged that there was this relationship between Donald Trump and Stormy Daniels. And there were other women as well. And Trump got the National Enquirer to pay money to get these women's exclusives and put them under nondisclosure agreements. And... I would believe that he testified about that because it's come up before. So you've got Trump versus Michael Cohen under oath, Stormy Daniels under oath, on Weisberg under oath or whatever his name is, uh, the new uh, National Enquirer publisher under oath, all these people under oath. So here's the thing. Let's say this goes to trial. Let's say it goes to trial. I'll tell you the thing that, that people hate. And that's when Donald Trump admits there was an affair and his defense is that the prenup agreement would have cost him too much. And everybody gets mad at me when I say, I told you so, but I'll have told you so. I've been getting this email as well. And and there's a certain strain of people who come across, they claim, I'm not really a Trump supporter, but why do you believe the porn star and not Donald Trump? Well, because they're under oath. That's the simple answer here, under oath. I, you, you. You can say whatever you want to say. I mean, Michael Cohen had his lawyer draft a letter to the FEC and then pled pleaded guilty to this transaction. If it didn't happen, why do you plead guilty? Because they're going to throw the resources at him or what have you? He's continued to maintain uh, that this happened. And you know, to the last caller's point, well, maybe he was protecting himself. Okay, maybe he was protecting himself. Why then did the Trump Organization reimburse him the payment? I mean, people don't want to look at this logically. They want to look at it emotionally. They want to stand by their man. That's fine. Stand by your man. I'm just trying to draw out the facts here. That, that's just it. Um, that's just the reality of the situation. Brian, you're up next. Welcome to The Eric Erickson Show.
1: Yes, sir. I just had a maybe a procedural clarification, or maybe it's even something that Trump could argue procedurally in terms of the arraignment itself. The whole uh-huh. thing they're talking about is that he's not being prosecuted because of any kind of political motivations, and yet they're treating his arraignment to intentionally keep him from being able to use it for campaign donations and fundraising. So how can they talk out of both sides
0: of their mouth about it? We're not doing this for political reasons, but we're going to prevent him from doing it for political reasons. Oh, uh, that's right? such a great point. Like, like yes. taking a mug and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's such a great point. I mean, it, it is clear to me they're doing this for political reasons, and in fact— a uh, majority of Americans, like according to CNN's poll, 57% of Americans think this is done for political reasons, even as a majority of them uh, think uh, the indictment is fine. Uh, yes, it's a political reason, and it's very clear that they're doing this, uh, and they're what they're claiming, of course— is that they don't want the mugshot out there. They're not doing it politically, so they're not going to allow him to be mugshotted and make it look like it's political, when really, I mean, I personally believe, and it is my opinion, they don't want him mugshotted because they know how much money he'll make off selling the photo. Uh, Since they're they're, a public photo, you can't copyright it. Uh, But to your point, uh, why are they doing these sorts of things that they otherwise wouldn't do? Their argument... Is that he is the former president of the United States. Everyone knows what he looks like. There's no point in a mugshot. That's that is their argument that there's no point in a mugshot because everybody knows what he looks like. They don't want it to be perceived as political, which is nonsense. You and I know, but that's it. Um and, and you know the, the funny thing here is is you will note here, folks, if you're willing to note it. Uh, I don't believe the DA here. This this absolutely is political, but I also don't believe Donald Trump. I I don't believe there's, there's any really innocent person here. There's no victim here. Had Trump kept his pants on, this wouldn't have happened. Had Alan Bragg been a reasonable prosecutor and not a George Soros-funded progressive, this wouldn't have happened either. All right, 877-973-7425. Gary, you're going to be up next on The Eric Erickson Show. Welcome.
1: Hey, Eric. Listen, the other day, my wife and I, we were watching. You ever watch those shows on uh, TV like the 70s, 80s, and 90s? Uh, Yeah. You
0: know,
1: they had had the one the other night from the 90s. They had, like, Somalia. They had the Timothy McVeigh. They had the O.J. Simpson. Chase, do you think this is going to make it on one of those shows?
0: Uh, it probably will. Uh, when they when they get to this decade, it probably will. However, uh, one thing they will lack uh, that they didn't lack in the O.J. Simpson trial, for example, is, is cameras. Uh, there are going to be no cameras in the courtroom in this case. Uh, the New York judges, and this judge in particular, are very anti-camera in the courtroom. This is Good. the same judge that prosecuted Alan Weisberg, the CFO of the Trump organization. He refused cameras in that courtroom. He is more likely than not. I mean, already today he's refused cameras for this today. So um that that's I, I don't think we're gonna get a change there. You know, there is this this current circulated among some people on the right that the whole reason they're pursuing this is not to throw Donald Trump in jail, but to ensure he's the Republican nominee. I don't actually think that Alvin Bragg is smart enough to do that. I genuinely think that Alvin Bragg is a progressive partisan who hates Donald Trump and wants to lock him away for the rest of his life and is doing what he can to try to make it happen. I don't think Alvin Bragg wants Trump to be the nominee. I do, however, think there are people at the upper echelons of the Democratic Party who are smiling today, not because they think Trump will be found guilty and go to prison, but because they think this will help him be the nominee. They're actually in Politico today. Democrats are openly bragging about Donald Trump more likely than not now being the Republican nominee because of this situation. They're kind of foolish to do that because they thought the same thing in 2016 with Hillary Clinton, and he beat her. There are a group of people in this country, independent voters, who pride themselves on being fair-minded who, if they believe Donald Trump was unfairly prosecuted and they're in a recession provoked by Joe Biden's policies, they may just turn and vote for him, for Donald Trump. They don't like him. They don't like Donald Trump, these people. In fact, the Biden administration has concluded these people are now out of reach for Donald Trump. That's what's making them so excited about Donald Trump being the nominee, that it'll be like 2020 and 2022 all over again that independence will not support Donald Trump. Maybe that's the case, but you make him a sympathetic figure by persecuting, not just prosecuting him. The economy turns and goes into recession. Is it a chance you really want? That is why the New York Times editorial board and the Washington Post editorial board have been saying very loudly, this is madness, we should not do this. You risk getting this man elected again. They could be playing right into his hands. Don, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome, Don.
1: Thank you. So my question is, has it ever happened that a corporation has paid money to suppress a scandal to protect a CEO in order to protect the reputation of the company? If so, Trump has an offense.
0: Um, has it ever been done before? Yes. I, I mean, yeah, I I can't offhand to think of the times, but I know it has happened where corporations have paid money to cover for the CEO to avoid impact on, on the corporation. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it happens way more than we know. It, it, it's just not on the books. They haven't gotten caught.
1: So, so, so basically it's a coincidence that, uh, uh, he was in a, in a campaign.
0: Well, I mean, it, that's just, just it. Own, um, yeah, I, I mean, this This is Trump's defense here. The the corporation was covering for him to avoid fallout. It had nothing to do with the campaign. I mean, for for, for Pete's sake, I mean, we, we actually are in this situation where we had video of Donald Trump with Billy Bush saying that he grabbed women by their you-know-whats, and they still voted for him. So it's really, I think, really hard to argue that these voters who saw that video would somehow turn against Donald Trump uh, when it fa- they found out he actually had grabbed a woman there. The better defense is the prenup. That makes a ton of sense to me. The prenup. It would make a ton of sense to a jury if the jury is fair-minded. And can he get a fair-minded jury? Will they move for a change of venue? We'll find all of those things out, maybe sooner than later. But the trial is still a great long ways away, which we will talk about those details and keep taking your phone calls. Right now, I want you to call Advantage Gold, 800-450-2566 to every listener out there serious about investing and protecting your retirement or your other investments. We got inflation, it's still high. We got the stock market, it's still volatile. We've got major geopolitical turmoil, it keeps getting worse. But now you no longer have to sit hopelessly by and watch it all unfold. You can safeguard your investments with physical precious metals like gold and silver inside your IRA or your 401k or your general investment accounts. But there's only one company you should trust to do that with, and that's Advantage Gold. They are TrustLink's number one highest rated gold company seven years in a row. They've got the best prices, the best staff, the best IRA department of the country. They're ready to help you use precious metals, gold and silver, for your investment accounts today. They want to give you a free gold IRA investment kit that tells you what you need to know. Call them at 800-450-2566 today. They're amazing, they can answer any question you have, including if your current accounts as set up qualify, particularly using retirement law in the United States, how you have to use precious metals, how you have to store them, uh, how you have to program around certain rules, Advantage Gold can help you get it set up. If you're interested at all in using precious metals, and a lot of independent-minded investors do, Advantage Gold, no gimmicks, just straight answers, 800-450-2566. Their number again is 800-450-2566. Call them and tell them I sent you. Just let them answer your questions and they can put your mind at ease. Yes, you can. Taking your calls. Donald Trump is under arrest in New York City, awaiting arraignment behind blacked out doors, getting fingerprinted and processed as all of New York City's finest show up in uniform just in case. There actually aren't mass protests. Marjorie Taylor Greene is there comparing Donald Trump to Jesus Christ, of course, Uh, but actually more cameras than protesters outside the courthouse. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, if you're in charge of the finances for a business and that business needs to grow and you need $750,000 or more, and other lenders are giving you the hard time, running around, drawing you in circles, First Liberty makes their own lending decisions. They might be able to help you. Buying a building, building a building, growing a franchise, buying a franchise, buying out your business partners or competitors, reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. Now, Larry, you have been waiting patiently. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show.
1: Good afternoon. Hi there. I have a couple of comments. Hi, I have a couple of comments. Um, Number one, we're talking about corporate uh, monies being given. Uh, would, uh, like, the teachers' union be a corporation that they give money to politicians? Are they supposed to report this on their books and all that? Uh,
0: teachers' unions cannot give direct funds to um, to individuals so to running for office. They can run super PACs. Now, state and federal law is different, so in some states they can. A federal candidate can only get money from individuals, not from corporations, but uh, super PACs for candidates can get money from corporations. Okay.
1: All right. And then I have one second uh, comment. Uh, I've been thinking about this for a long time, but the Democrats should have their theme song being, I've got, we've got you under our skin <laughs> and sing it to <laughs> Donald Trump. Okay? Yeah, look. They go through the word. Go through the words because they would match exactly what they think.
0: I think. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. it, it, it literally. They. Yeah, they're they're rather obsessed with him, Larry. Thank you. Let me explain this this campaign finance issue to you. Corporations cannot give money to federal candidates, nor can corporations make payments to others on behalf of federal candidates, so that the federal candidate doesn't have to. A person, an individual American citizen can give up to $3,300 per election to a candidate, which means if you have a primary and a general election, you can write a check for $6,600 to a candidate. You can also give money to a political party up to $41,300 per calendar year to a political party. And then there are maximum limits on the amount of money you can give to total political candidates and political parties. However, you can give unlimited dollars to super PACs. Now, the allegation in this case is that because Donald Trump was running for office, he did not want to be seen on campaign paperwork paying money to Stormy Daniels. So he had his corporation do it to keep it out of the campaign finance disclosures. And the corporation did it on behalf of his campaign to protect him from the political fallout of an affair with Stormy Daniels. That's the theory that Alvin Bragg is apparently advancing. That's the theory. Whether he can prove it or not is uh, something else. And it's gonna be very hard to prove in light of Donald Trump's prenuptial agreement that the Trump legal team says is in place, that uh, he would pay orders of magnitude more money to Melania Trump um, than he paid to Stormy Daniels. They're still denying on the Trump team side the affair, despite all the other people under oath saying it happened. Nonetheless, when we come back, what's actually going to happen today in the next 15 minutes? What will happen? What are the ramifications? What will be the implications? And how does Donald Trump get a fair trial in a place where 85 percent of people voted for Joe Biden against him just a few years ago?